You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available everywhere where you get your podcast, any platform, free. Make sure you are subscribed and downloading the Lockdown Browns podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. They will return September 20th with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker, he is now part of the Lockdown 49ers podcast. He will bring the player scouting. Ryan Tracy will bring you the analytics. Follow the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. It is a victory Monday edition of the Lockdown Browns podcast. Uh, I don't care if it was pretty. I don't care if it was ugly. Wins are wins, and when you're lining up for the possibility of getting a whole bunch of them in the season, uh, you'll take the pretty ones, you'll take the ugly ones. They all count the same, folks. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride. And first things first, uh, we'll go to this. Pete, you were actually in the building today. So first time, obviously, first energy, full capacity in you know probably almost two calendar years. Just the vibe around the stadium, the vibe going into it, and I'm sure there was that lull somewhere between the second to mid-third quarter before things turned around. Um, Yeah, a uh, big thank you to Nicole, my co-host. I went with her and her husband and her father, uh, which was great. Um, it wasn't as packed as you might think it was. I'm sure they sold out, but there were some empty seats uh, in certain sections. But, the, you know, they were – People were energetic. There were any number of people who were probably overserved. Uh, and no, it, it was loud. It was loud. I think the biggest roar of the crowd came from two people. They came when uh, anytime. Well, certainly after after the first first touch by Demetri Felton, uh, and then anytime Nick Chubb started taking off, uh, those are the two guys that that get the most. Uh, vocal support of anyone so i mean it was it was good i think it i i think the the overall sort of feeling throughout the stadium is as much as the browns sort of like were scuffling in the first half i think there was sort of a more confident than years past that the browns ultimately just have to sort of get squared away and, and take care of business which is what they did um i didn't get the sense that people were overly panicked at certain things with the exception of when Baker Mayfield uh, hurt his shoulder. Uh, that was obviously terrifying for everyone, but uh, overall, I mean, it, it's, there are certainly a number of areas the Browns have to improve, but they did win. It wasn't nearly as bad as I think some people want to make it out to be. A, but I mean, you combine that with the fact that, the rest of the AFC North pending the Ravens game lost. Uh, so now the Browns find themselves back in, you know, a tie for first place. Obviously that's not, you know, that's, that's sort of the expectation this year, but nevertheless, you got to start somewhere. So, I mean, it, to me, I, I still think this is a team that could easily end up running 
running off about nine, 10 wins in a row. Um, and I'll tell you, Pete, are you just going from the television, uh, you know, broadcast the Baker injury? It didn't look good. It didn't look good at the time. Um, and ironic enough for anybody who's listening to the show, as long as it has, and this has nothing to do. And obviously everybody hopes Jarvis Landry as well. Um, but Pete trots himself into the stadium to go see the Browns play today. Jarvis Landry ends up getting injured, but no, you know, obviously none of this is joking matter. Obviously all the best to number 80. Um, and as much as like, maybe we'll make some jokes, and sometimes look wrong. Maybe today you notice that, you know, obviously he's a little important. Sometimes jokes are jokes, but uh, all the best, obviously, to Jarvis Landry. It was kind of weird, though, that the television announcers, and I'll tell you right now, Adam Archuleta, not good, not good at all. Um, and the fact that they were talking about Richard Higgins, like they found him, you know, uh, sweeping the floor in the locker room and threw a you know wide receiver jersey on him and said, we need you to play. Uh, let's do a little more homework in that respect, my, my friends. Um, Pete, we spoke. <laughs> On the pregame show. All right, Baker Mayfield's going to get his first touchdown pass of the year. And as we all expected, um, it would be Demetrius Felton. But there was definitely no doubt about it. There was a juice to it. You could tell this kid was just waiting for his moment uh, between, you know, the two receptions over 50 yards, uh, the return game. You know, probably had himself damn near close to 100 total yards today. Um, again, now this is something where we said, you know, he was a player they liked, a player we thought could do some things for them. But where was he going to fall in line in the pecking order? His time in the pecking order may be sooner than we all anticipated if it does not go right and AD is out and misses a little time here. But, I mean, a debut, Pete, first time in the ball in your, you know, in your hands in First Energy Stadium. And, I mean, that place just went berserk. And, again, we talked about this with him during the draft process. The tape was good. Uh, the pro day was horrible. We, what we saw of him with the Browns, it just didn't add up. And, you know, again, every now and then there's that player where you just basically say, you know what, you throw the athletic testing out the window. It's hard to do. And in more cases than not, those numbers run true. But Demetri Felton certainly made me an anomaly as far as that goes. But a big, big time spark for this team today when they needed it. It's getting difficult to ignore the Eric Metcalf vibe uh, Demetri Felton has. It doesn't mean he is Eric Metcalf. Just he has that vibe where you can line him up just about anywhere. And obviously, you know, this is one of those things where if Eric Metcalf played in the last 20 years, as opposed to the eighties and early nineties, he would have been, but between his ability to return kicks and the fact that you can just put the ball in his hands and he's going to make a guy miss and potentially uh, break a big play. He's really just, he's such a spark uh, in the way he plays. And certainly the, 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 the touchdown pass he had on just a simple smoke screen, uh, his ability to just slip off or avoid tackles and keep his balance was unbelievable. Uh, he looked just like the guy who played at UCLA, except now he's got more help than he did. Um, you can just do a lot of things with him. And, and my continuing frustration with how this team utilizes Kareem Hunt, maybe they're just going to – just go ahead and use, <laughs> use Felton in that respect, which is fine. He is somebody you have to account for. Um, but that's certainly an ad, added dynamic. And and he dropped the one punt. I think he was so excited at some of the blocking he was getting <laughs> that he couldn't control himself because there was a lane. Now, I don't think he was going to score or anything, but there was a really nice lane that the, the ball that was coming to him where he dropped it. And I think he saw it, it may have lost his concentration because he was mad, you know, I think mad in, in the sense that he dropped it and didn't want to drop it. But I think he saw the lane and was pissed at himself because he sort of wasted the opportunity. But 
you know, the, the last week it was Anthony Schwartz. This week it was Dimitri Felton. You have these guys where you can sort of plug them in and let them cause issues, and you have to let make the defense sort of figure it out. Uh, you know, and look, as everybody got excited, everybody got about Anthony Schwartz this week. Um, this is the realism and the cruelty of the NFL. You come crashing back down, um, and you show moments where you are a rookie. Um, shorted the route. You know, Anthony Schwartz knows better than that. Baker went through with the throw. Schwartz kind of lagged up out of his cut, um, led to the interception. Thankfully, Baker was able to finish the game. Certainly did not look good at the time. Uh, you know, so a step down there in this wide receiver unit, certainly, you know, if Odell's ready to go next week, there will be no questions. There will not be no questions whether or not they're going to hold out Odell Beckham Jr. because it's not really getting there. And this goes to my point, Pete. Yeah, the tight ends look good today, but Baker 19 to 21. But Pete, this looked a lot more today, unlike last week. It looked a lot more last year where it was, man, we really seem like we're playing within a box. Um, yeah, the two incomplete passes, or I should say, the, the the pick and the other incomplete passes had, which were back to back, both looked like miscommunications. In fact, when they were coming out of the formation, uh, it was Njoku and uh, Nick Chubb on the left for the incomplete pass, and and Chubb was looking to the sideline to sort of with you know clear body posture that he didn't know what the play was, and I don't know if Njoku did either. It just seemed like a miscommunication on that one, and then Anthony Schwartz just stopped running or what, you know, was running some other play or whatever. And that was the result of the pick because other than that, he didn't miss a pass all day. Now, having said that, it did feel at times like Baker was a little hesitant on making a couple throws. And I don't know if it was DP may have been Donovan people's Jones in both cases. Uh, I should say one, at least one of them was Donovan people's Jones and one was Anthony Schwartz. And it seemed like he pulled it and then ran both times. And I and, I, and I, he's wishing he would have fired those passes. But just in terms of being able to sort of navigate the game, he was dominant. But yes, um, there wasn't much in terms of a vertical element. Uh, the, now, the, the, the credit of the Texans, or, or however you want to look at it, they absolutely put a safety over Schwartz initially. Now that changed at times, but they were definitely at least aware of him, but they could not really defend tight ends. Well, uh, they played, they, they tried to keep everything in front of them. So that was part of it. And they were playing deeper down the field. So it's not entirely like it was last year where people, you know, teams are basically just defending 20 yards of grass. They kept a lot of things in front of them. So that was a little bit of taking what was there. Like on some of those, naked rollouts to like Harrison Bryant or Austin Hooper. If the, the guy there didn't make a tackle, they're going to be running for a while. So I, I do feel that way. I do still come out of this going, I wish they had more explosive playmaking down the field. I do continue to come out of this game just as I did last week, thinking Odell Beckham can do a lot for this offense. Um, so that is certainly something to continue to look forward to and hope that they can do it. But as illustrated by like the Demetric Felton smokescreen touchdown and some of those other plays, they're able to take advantage of the space they are getting. It's better than last year, but it's got to keep going. Uh, and I will go to this and, you know, we'll, we'll close this out here you know, on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, it was touch and go, and you knew Baker was dinged. The touchdown run, as soon as he started running, I was cringing um, because, you know, that's the competitor within Baker. But then you're also thinking, you know, is his body going to be able to take another hit today? Um, obviously, it worked out. Baker was able to finish the game. But it got to that point, Pete, where it, and it just seemed like, you know, Coach Stefanski was like, well, we're not getting the effect from the passing game that, you know, the, the desire. It's not there. Well, you want to know what? 24. 27. I know damn well what you can do for me. Let's just go run the ball. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb is obviously very good. Uh, anyway, he, he had a bunch of hard runs where he's just fighting through contact and, and continuing to churn his legs and, and create some yards. I thought Kareem Hunt had some decent runs. I thought his vision was better today than it has been in most games. Um, I, you know, as I said, I, I still continue to be a little irritated with how they utilize him. Um, just I think there's more there. But look, they, they did the job. I know some people were unhappy, like getting asking me questions about why uh, Chubb wasn't getting the ball more. And, and largely it was a product of just not having the ball. Yep. This is where the defense, you know, the defense can frustrate you is the defense wasn't as awful as people want to make it out to be, but they also weren't causing stops fast. So like some of these drives just went on and on and on. So the Browns just didn't have the ball and they couldn't get much of a flow and then, or they'd go right down the field and score. And it just, the Texans always feel like they had the ball. So there just weren't that many snaps. So the Browns did a lot of good things. They just don't get enough possessions to do it the way you'd like. So that's, it's, again, there's all these areas where you can look at it and you go, I think the Browns are doing well, but just like last year and still into this year, you're sitting there going, they can be better. There's still more in there. There's still more to go. There's no no way around it. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the thing that's got people frustrated. They all want to talk about the defense is maybe that the offense just didn't look nearly as crisp as it did in week one. And for me, that would be more of a talking point uh, than, you know, the defense, which, and now today, you know, again, now there's a lot new parts in today. We're going to get to that here in a minute, because uh, certainly excited to talk about uh, the debut of number 22, Grant Delpit. Victory Monday on Locked On Browns. Pete Smith, along for the ride with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd. With an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Again, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents off per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's touchdown. Now, defensively, Pete, you know, early Denzel Ward 
they were going at him. Denzel was playing off in coverage. It didn't really go very well for that first uh, Texans drive. Um, but eventually that got tightened up a little bit. Injuries. Um, Nico Collins leaving the game. And this was another one on the announcers. It was obvious after Tyrod Taylor broke the tackle at about the eight-yard line on his touchdown run, he basically walked into the end zone, went to the bikes, how nobody realized there was a hamstring injury, how they were surprised he didn't start the second half. Again, I, I don't know what was going on there. It was pretty obvious that Tyrod was banged up. But Pete, it's weird because we have talked about him so long on this podcast before he was a member of the Cleveland Browns, as long as he's been a member of the Cleveland Browns, now in year two in the Cleveland Browns, and never got him sit, got to see him take a rep. Saw some special teams work. Uh, saw some work in the secondary. Saw some work in the run game. And the only time the Browns pass rush was able to get home today, number 22, Grant Delpit. Pete, you, you see, you saw today, it was a nice small sample size of the diversity, the uniqueness of this player that the Browns coveted and are so excited to have, but it's just taken so long to finally get him onto a field for a game. Yeah, um, you saw exactly why the Browns wanted Grant Delpit and exactly what they thought they were going to do when they got John Johnson on this team. Um, He is fast. He's explosive. He is instinctive. He can tackle occasionally. Still dives. It drives me nuts. He dies. Sometimes it works really well, and times there's just he's grabbing at nothing. But he can line up in multiple positions, and he he can be really dangerous. So you saw that um, he got the one tackle for loss, which I thought was going to be a sack, but they get called a tackle for loss. And then the the, the one sack he had, I mean, the quarterback never saw it, uh, just exploded him and took the ball with him. So he can do a lot. And and I think what we saw, I don't know how many plays it lasted, but there was a point in the game, and obviously this is after Malcolm Smith went off with an injury, uh, where you had uh, Delpit, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, and then, you know, not that this is in part of this package, but just was interesting to me, Elijah Lee all in the field at the same time. That was a very, very fast group because um, you still have Ronnie Harrison and, and John Johnson on the field. You still have those corners on the field and you have that defensive line. So you have just a lot of options in how you want to play different teams. And and it, it want, if they can go to where they want to be, that may be the exact lineup you see against the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs or some of these other um, teams that are really – the Bills. You know, they're teams that want to spread you out, uh, play with a lot of receiving threats that have speed on the field, and you have to play with a lot of range, you have to be able to cover, and you have to be able to come downhill quickly, and those guys can all do that. Greg Newsom, um, huge, huge penalty early in the game. Um, as a defensive back, if you just if you don't turn around, don't even bother, just turn and, and know you've given up the penalty. Um, but came back later in the game, Pete. Huge, huge pass breakup. It was big as the momentum was finally building for the Browns' defense. So a nice turnaround for the Rook. Um, but a lot of people getting on Joe Woods after an effort like today. Pete, the calling card, and we discussed this last week, the calling card of this defense is going to probably be the disruptiveness the pass rush can cause. Wasn't really there today. 
And, you know, just goes to show you, you know, anybody in the NFL, if you give them the time, they're going to find people. Right. Um, this is the biggest issue I had with, with the defense because so many people are getting on Joe Woods about the scheme. The scheme is not an issue, um, but their defensive line has to do more. Uh, Miles Garrett was pretty quiet. Tack McKinley was invisible. He, I, I saw him play, but he was shut down. He just kept basically just running into the defense or the offensive tackle and then doing very, very little, if anything. Blake Dowell is a big presence. He does a great job against the run. The Browns in general do a great job against the run. But when you're at, when they, when they want to get after the pass, or they just didn't do a good job. And some of that is credit to the Texans offensive line. I thought they did a good job in certain respects, but the other big problem I have, and a lot of this is on Jadevian Clowney is how bad the Browns are about staying in their rush lanes. And I, and I point out Clowney because he has a tendency to want to fly up field uh, on some of these and, and like against the chiefs at, at times it worked great, but it also allowed a lot of uh, situations where Mahomes could step up and throw, or in this game, Tyrod Taylor could step up and run or even, uh, the the rookie Davis Mills could step up and run like there's no and, and and since the Browns played almost exclusively man coverage in this game, there's nobody there. They're all covering and turn, they have their heads turned. So there's now a bunch of green grass in front, and now he can run, which is exactly what happened on the Tyrod Taylor thing. Uh, Jadevian Clowney flew up field. The the defensive tackle wasn't in a spot where he could really get that hole. And Tyrod Taylor just stepped up and ran, and there was nobody in front of him until the end, where you know. My, uh, Miles Garrett tried to uh, clip his ankle and couldn't do it, but that's what happened on the Davis Mills run. That's what happened with Patrick Mahomes. So the Browns play the Bears next week, and, and it may be Justin Fields. I don't know what the, the situation was with Andy Dalton's injury, but it's not about Justin Fields. It's about the Browns have to get better at this because they're ultimately going to have to face Lamar Jackson twice. They're going to have to face Joe Burrow, who can run. They're going to, you know, theoretically be facing off against Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen in the playoffs. Like when you continuously uh, open up those rush lanes, you're giving the quarterback the ability to make plays. And now you're putting either your, your, your defenders aren't looking because they're playing in coverage or you're putting them in the tough spot where they now have to make that should I or shouldn't I play of if I come up and attack, is he going to throw right behind me? And if I don't, he's just going to run. So that was the biggest issue I had. I thought the defensive line was quiet in general, but the rush lane issue has been bad for two games, and it's continuously on that right side of the offense, left side of the defense, uh, where the quarterbacks are just stepping up and either running or throwing from there. It, it, you know, it's just discipline. It's literally what it comes down to. It, it, it's discipline, and it's you know not overshooting your mark, and you know understanding that, especially today with a player like Tyrod Taylor. That's why he's still in the league. That's one thing he can do, you know, has he is not one of the, you know, guys who's going to let you up with his arm, but he is also, uh, you know, extremely intelligent and knows how to use that athleticism as a weapon. And, you know, you give him a lane, he's going to, you know, basically exit stage right, go pick up the yardage that was there. Uh, things that need to improve and for anyone uh, critiquing or calling for Joe Woods' head, we all need to chill out here, folks. Need to chill out just a tad bit. Rounds are one on one, currently in first place. Joe Woods is finally working in in what will be week three in year two of his reign as the Browns defense coordinator, players that he actually wants to be a part of his defense. So everybody just, you know, 
In the words of Aaron Rodgers, folks, everybody, my Lord, let's just relax. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? And they, if you don't know the Built Bar lineup by now, well, my God, folks, you are certainly missing out. Um, you can get a mix box. Two of, uh, two of each of the nine flavors gives you 18 bars in total. Absolute delicious treat. Healthy for you. Good for you. I always suggest and we always appreciate the sponsorship from the good folks over at Built Bar on the Locked On Browns podcast. If Again, the flavor lineup for you folks is coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. The car as well, while the bars are fantastic in flavor, they're also very healthy too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, the game today itself, and it's a miracle it got done as quickly as it did. Pete, it felt like this game was played on asphalt. I, I I, I can't remember a game this early in the season where so many guys went down. And some guys, it was more than once. I mean, just it seemed like the, for every two plays they ran, they had to take 90 seconds because somebody went down. Uh, well, outside of the, the Landry injury, which was relatively anonymous for a while, um, it was almost exclusively Texans players. Uh, they yeah. lost. They lost Tyrod Taylor. They lost uh, – Reed. They lost. Uh, they lost Nico Collins. They lost Danny, Danny Amendola. They lost Laramie Tunsil. I mean, those they lost are Reed. Yeah, I mean, they just they just lost every other play. It seemed like a Texans player was down. Now the Browns did have some people go down. Obviously Baker Mayfield, who didn't miss a play. Uh, Malik McDowell went down, but he was fine. Uh, I don't know what Malcolm Smith did or did not do. Malcolm Smith went back in. Yeah, so I mean, like the Texans had the far larger injury issued. Like their guys went down and went out. The Browns, save for Landry, kept were able to keep playing. Now, obviously that one's uh the bigger deal for, for Browns fans and and moving forward. But that was like I said, it was relatively anonymous anonymous because neither in the stadium nor like out in the world was much of anything said uh for a while. It was just sort of like Oh, by the way, you know, Landry's not out there. Um, it wasn't one of those situations where it was like, you know, he was he was deemed something and then it came back later. It was just like he's not out there and he kept, you know, was quietly moved off the field after being in the medical tent br- briefly. And that sort sort of was it. Like they, it just moved on. Uh, you know, so I mean, again, now obviously stuff to monitor. Um, Jedrick Wills actually playing today, which, and, and I'll tell you guys, I, from what I know and people I talked to this morning, there was nobody Cleveland Browns wise that thought Jedrick Wills was playing today. Um, they were going to work him out. They all figured it was not going to be good enough where anybody was going to sign off on it. As you know, this front office has been extremely, extremely cautious with players often getting to the point where even if they think you're good enough, you know what, we're going to hold it out a week. So trust me, that was that nobody Browns wise expected that coming today. Uh, they were expected to start play camps at left tackle today. Um, luckily, worked out. Cedric Wills was able to go. 
Um, you know, I, all intents and purposes, got his job done today. Um, you know, monitor him to see if he, you know, how much he's gonna be able to practice this week. Cause you know, obviously going back one week later, I'm sure the ankle is going to flare up again. So Brown's got lucky there, you know, players like Odell and things like that. We'll see how, you know, next week plays out. But Pete, look, week one, you lose a heartbreaker in a game. You should have, you know, should have won in Kansas city. Okay. It is what it is this week. Now you don't play good enough, but you're still able to win the game by 10 points. You are in first place. Nothing's going to change. You are going to end week two in first place. And now, hopefully, this is where, Pete, the momentum picks up. You know, it starts rolling downhill. We've talked about this schedule here. We knew how difficult Kansas City was going to be. But that as long as they were playing right, the opportunity here was to bang, 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 pound out a, you know some quick, easy ones here. And that still sets up starting Sunday with the Bears. Yeah, I mean, look, the – Browns want to be improving while winning. You know, that's that's the bottom line. It, it As much as it would have been great for the Browns to go out there and win by four scores, and they could have if they didn't turn over the ball, um, it's about getting better and staying healthy. And right now, they are accomplishing those things other than the Landry injury. They're going to uh, – likely get stronger with Odell Beckham, whether that's the bears or the following week, they're going to keep incorporating what amounts to be right now, five rookies in all uh, on the both sides of the ball. They've got obviously Malik McDowell, uh, Greg Newsom, uh, who's really good, by the way, Jeremiah Wusukormo, who who does a really nice job in spots and then you've got Anthony Schwartz and now Demetric Felton on the other side. So, like, as much as this feels like a veteran team, because it is, especially in offense, where everybody's coming back, save for those two rookies, um, defensively, they have to keep gelling and getting better, but they are asking young players to step up and and be a part of this. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that I found frustrating when people were trying to get on Joe Woods is like they literally played man coverage almost the entire game. And the player getting beat in a lot of the situations was Denzel Ward. Yep. So either you're saying that the Browns shouldn't do that, should not let Ward play out on an Island, which I disagree with. I personally think if you're going to extend this person, this player, and I assume you are, that's what he has to do, and he has to get used to doing it. Uh, they haven't played a lot of man. They didn't play a lot of man last year. I mean, cover three can sort of break down into man. Uh, but this was true man coverage, and he got beat by Nico Collins on the 33-yard uh, reception, and he got beat a lot by Brandon Cooks. Ultimately, none of those plays were terribly impactful overall. But it adds up, uh, and they've just got to continue to get better. They've got to improve with the defensive line. The secondary has to continue to gel. I, I think they have a lot of talent. And this is the thing. I, what I what I suspect will happen is when people go get into the all twenty two and all that stuff, they're going to go. It wasn't like the Browns were playing horrible defense. It's like one missed issue on every play, or or a couple issues on every play that's allowing these things to happen. And that's part of the problem when you're, you're trying to throw this thing together. 
even if it's as talented as it is, you have to get used to it. You have to be assignment be able to trust the guy next to you uh, and and play within your do your job. And that's where the Browns right now, I think, are having problems is they don't have that trust with guys doing those, their job. Uh, and I think guys are going outside of what they're supposed to do right now. And that's a large part of why they're getting beat. If that isn't Joe Woods, let's say throw Wade Phillips out there, I think they'd have a lot of the same issues. Um, but that's the charge of Joe Woods. And ultimately, as much as people are incredibly frustrated that the Browns have given up uh, – have basically been able, been done enough to win the playoff game against the Chiefs, beat them in the regular season, and then gave up three three scores to the Houston Texans. They've done enough to win all those games on the defensive side of the ball. Do we want to see it get better? Absolutely. Do we want to be, see them do it, people down? Yeah, definitely. I thought the Browns were going to have like six sacks in this game, and they came with two, uh, one. So there are absolutely things that have to get better, and they, they have to keep – in that direction, but I, you know, I don't see the end of the world. Like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, say it's particularly with the defense. Um, yeah. Look, yeah, it, this is something we said and we, we talked on it for months. You know, you're hoping week two, this is not what the final product, you know, final product of this defense is going to be. Um, still, I understand. I, I get it. I get it. If you're frustrated. But, you know, you need to look further on down the road to understand what needs to go on to have a defense play with cohesion, focus, and understanding of what each player and each teammate, what their tendencies are and what they're going to do on each given call. Just going to have to give it a little time, guys. That's all I can tell you with that. Uh, Recapping the rest of the AFC North, Joe Burrow sacked another four times today. Three interceptions. Uh, Bengals lose to the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, TJ Watt not finishing the game with a calf injury. Uh, come up short at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so everybody, one and one. Raider, uh, Ravens playing the Chiefs uh, Sunday evening. See where the Ravens fall. Very well. Could be a possibility 0-2 or they're joining everybody in the pack at one and one. Um, but it is Victory Monday. Your Browns, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're upset. They all count the same. 31-21. Browns victorious in their home opener at First Energy Stadium. He is Mr. Pete Smith. Uh, check out all the written content coming from Browns Digest uh, as they break down everything uh, from the Browns' win today in the season opener of 2021. Browns currently 1-1. One one. We'll start week three no worse than first place. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you are checking out the podcast uh, for Pete's sake. Uh, of course, you know, with Miss Nicole. Nicole's fabulous. Pete and Nicole do a fantastic job with it. Check it out. The show itself, Locked on Browns, a follow-back account. On social media, as you guys all know, DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Ideas, questions, thoughts for the show, whatever. You guys know you're always uh, available to hit me up there. Uh, Whatever platform it is, Lockdown Browns is free for you all. So make sure you're subscribed or following the Lockdown Browns podcast, leaving the five-star ratings and written reviews. Once again, Victory Monday. As the Browns win 31-21 over the Houston Texans, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.